The Paso County DEC is providing this podcast as a public service in order to let you know more about the issues and ideas which Democrats have identified as being very important for voters and also to provide a forum for Democratic candidates for office. Our podcasts are open to anyone interested in how Pasco Democrats are dealing with the important issues of the day. You can check out our PascoDems.com website and also on Facebook, Pasco Dems, and the views expressed by the guest and host on our podcast are their own. Not the views of the Pasco County Democratic Executive Committee. Today we're talking with Ebony Pickett. Her title is that she's a, among other things, she's a direct descendant of survivors of the Rosewood Massacre in 1923. I'll let her explain the other things that she's doing at this point. So Ebony, just tell us exactly what it is you do in terms of the Rosewood uh, story. All right. Um, what I thank you very much for having me. Uh, as he said, I my name is Ebony Pickett, and I am a direct descendant um, of the Evans lineage. Um, one of the things that I do, and the Rosewood Family Reunion Incorporated, is I'm the column, I am the historian. So I'm the one that's responsible for keeping the records and keeping the history of our family and the massacre that occurred in Rosewood, Florida in 1923. Um, one of the ways that um, we have been able to keep that history alive is we have a Rosewood traveling exhibit in which I am a curator for um, that is housed throughout our Rosewood Heritage Foundation and Incorporated, and uh, we go around uh, different places in Florida and the United States, and we erect a, a traveling exhibit. It chronologizes um, the um, events that happened in the uh, Rosewood Massacre um, at all seven days, as well as the other um, massacres, lynchings, and mobs that has happened in the state of Florida. There's also um, some information of, of that. In this traveling exhibit, it also talks about the um, compensation bill that was awarded in 1994 to my family, um, as well as the movie. It touches on the Rosewood movie that was directed by John Singleton in 1997. Um, so what it does is it shed light on exactly what happened, the massacre, how it occurred, um, and what has transpired over the next hundred years. Okay. Now, one of the things I was going to mention at the very beginning, because of the research I've been doing, uh, there have certainly been a lot of individual lynchings and that sort of thing, but five major massacres of uh, blacks occurred in Colfax, uh, Louisiana in 1873, uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina, in 1898, Atlanta, 1906, and Rosewood in uh, 1923, as you noted. But in three of the five, the reason that uh, the... Uh, massacre happened was that a white woman said that a black man had assaulted her. And so that's, uh, I thought that was rather astonishing um, a number of times to have that sort of thing occur and for things to happen as a result of that. So when we talk about um, uh, Tulsa in 1921, of course that was, that hasn't been taught a great deal uh, to American students. Um, and Rosewood, I don't know as that's ever been taught, has it, in, uh, in Florida schools? Um, it is not on the um, slate to be taught in every school in Florida, although um, right now it is a big push 
especially in the state of Florida with um, Governor DeSantis and how he's trying to basically whitewash history. Uh, we've gone back over our compensation bill, and um, we know that one of the items that was in the compensation bill was that the Rosewood uh, history was to be taught in the public school system. So at this time, um, we are um, working with lawyers to ensure that um, this type of information is not kept out of the history books. Um, you know, we have to be citizens, great citizens of our own history in order for it to be taught. So uh, we're trying to do our due diligence and ensure that um, this history is not kept from the children. And it's an amazing thing. I taught school for a number of years, and granted, there are things that I have learned since I stopped teaching uh, 30 years ago. There are things I have learned that I wish I had known. Uh, but, you know, that that's a plan of, that was part of ignorance on my part, but it's the kind of thing where now... I want to make sure that you and others um, in listening to this uh, podcast and in your work going forward that people will know because it is, it is important for people to know that uh, these things that happen. So let's first of all talk about uh, uh, the uh, Rosewood Massacre and what do you want to tell us in terms of chronological things that happened and so forth. Just kind of sum it up for us, please. All right. Well, what I do know directly from my um, relatives and um that information came more so from Philomena uh, Goins' doctor, who was an eyewitness. Um, she was with her grandmother, Sarah Carrier, and Fanny Taylor's home uh, when they were um, doing uh, laundry, doing chores. So uh, Philomena doctor, uh, Goins' doctor, was able to see. She was the child that saw the white man there, knew that he had abused her, and even asked Miss Fanny if she was okay. Um, so a lot of what I'm telling you is information that was given specifically from her, which was the uh, the last eyewitness, and mm -hmm. he passed away in 1992. Um, what she told us that occurred was they were at Fanny Taylor's home providing services, as I said, as her grandmother would normally do in Sumner, Florida. A white man came there um, that was not her husband. Her, her husband worked at the Commer, the mill, and he was a supervisor, so he worked um, very early hours like he left like 3 30 or 4 in the morning mm -hmm. um her brother came over there and uh there was something that occurred and there was an altercation where he beat her up and instead of fanny taylor saying you know to her husband hey my lover beat me up she just lied she just made up a lie that uh, a black man mm -hmm. had came and stolen her money um so that's how that in type from one lie and, um, you know, if you've ever seen the movie, um, because John Singleton, he interviewed family members, family members that were actually survivors at the time. So, you know, they were able to share with him real actual information. And they were saying, you know, that Fannie Taylor was known to be um, like very promiscuous. Mm -hmm. She was known to step out on her husband. That's why the sheriff clearly asked her, uh, are you sure? Are you are you sure it was a black man? Mm -hmm. You know, because he knew what that was going to stir up. Right. And, um, you know, by her lie, you know, that's when they start burning down our entire town. And it wasn't just like it was the white folks from Sumner, because at that time they said there was a KKK rally in Gainesville. So mm -hmm. 
but JK Klansmen heard about everything that was going on, and it they were as come as far as from Georgia, Alabama. So you had a KKK rally in Gainesville that then spilled over to Rosewood because they got the notice that hey, a black man had assaulted a white woman. In mm-hmm. So initially, um, we were told that they went to Sumner, Florida first because there were black people that actually lived on the premises of the mill Mm -hmm. and that the supervisor told him you can't come here you can't come here and get my black folks Mm -hmm. not on not not on not on my property but what you can do is you can go over to the rosewood because they're free Mm -hmm. and um they ended up coming to our town and the rest was history. Seven days, and they decimated everything they saw. They burned down every home, every church, every school, the school, uh, the turpentine still. Um, they burned down everything that was in Rosewood. Um, they killed Sarah Carrier, um, which was the eyewitness that was the grandmother mm-hmm. that was, you know, of Philomena. Uh, Philomena was in her home with her grandmother. Um, when they shot and killed her, um, as well as some more of her other, you know, cousins, and they were all young. Um, during the time uh, when we started the family reunion, which was 1985, there was about 14 um, uh, uh, survivors mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. So they would come every um, July. Uh, the fourth weekend in July, we would meet at different locations. We started in Lacoochee, um, because that was where we started. That was the starting point at New Bethel AME. We met there first. And every year, they would tell us about the story of Rosewood. And they would first start talking about how beautiful it was to live there mm-hmm. and how it smelled like roses and, you know, how they would fish and, and the creeks and, you know, walking over the bridge and, you know, just talking about the beautiful homes and how everybody's home was landscaped and there was two-story homes and uh, um, my cousin Sylvester had a, a piano in his home so that was something that our family always did which we still do we play the piano and we sing songs we fellowship and we mm-hmm. worship um, we love to have um, get-togethers and you know sing and play music and dance the same things that um, they did in Rosewood we still keep those same traditions uh-huh. and um you know, when we would be having, you know, t- those them telling us those stories, because in 1985, I was 11. So, you know, I was, you know, I was like a sponge. I just sat there and just kind of listened. Right. And um, then they would start talking about the massacre. And at that moment, you would just, the room, the atmosphere would just change. Wow. To like yeah. dreary and dark. And uh, it was so much trauma. And I didn't understand it initially when I was 11. I was thinking like, wait a minute, you know, they're talking about something that transpired when they were some of them as young as seven, eight, uh-huh. nine. My Aunt Vera, she was an arm baby. She just passed away in 2020. Um, you know, so some of them, my Uncle Willie was 17, but we still talking about children that was forging in the woods for seven days. Mm-hmm. They were in their night clothes. This happened in the middle of the night. And if you do research, you will find out that the winter of 1923 in Florida was one of the most brutal winters. Mm-hmm. It was extremely cold. And if you've ever visited Rosewood, you know it's swamp and it's bushes and it's briars and it's it's it's, it's unrelenting out there. And to imagine them being out there in that cold with no shoes on, no clothes. Right. You know, once you start understanding the totality, you understood the hurt 
and why they were crying and sobbing and holding each other. And they always told us, this is something that we talk about here. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about it outside of here. Even when we came back to our personal homes, we didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. It was forbidden to, to, to be talked about. Now, that was so, the first week in January, right, in 1923? Yes, yeah. January 1 through the 7th, yes. Right, sir. so, uh, yeah. New now, Year's, New Year's. Yeah. You know, it was a celebratory time. Um, you know, that's what my family was doing. They had, had a big get-together, they had cooked, they were dancing, you know, and they just were having a merry good time looking for the new year to bring in new blessings. Right, right. And with the new year was tragedy just tragedy all around and um you know it's so ironic (laughs) it's not ironic but when you talk about white privilege and you think about white privilege even 100 years later there is nothing when you go around in rosewood right this second that resembles us Mm -hmm. our town Uh, by the way what is what does rosewood look right now okay right now there are a few inhabitants but they're all white Okay. There are no black people that live in Rosewood. And what I was going to say, the only thing that's still standing, and that's what I was talking about, the example of white privilege, uh-huh. is John Wright's home. Really? That's the only thing that the KKK and the white mob and that January 6th like white attack folks, that's the only thing they did not burn down to the ground was wow. John Wright's home. Yeah. The white merchant that owned the store. Yeah. I want to make sure one quick thing here, and that is I missed it. Uh, my Uncle Willie was one, um, and my Uncle Willie was one that testified um, during the legislature process as well. Um, something else that came out of that compensation bill was if you were a direct descendant, um, which the state of Florida helped us put together a family tree. We still have that family tree. If you were a di- direct descendants from one of those eight families um, that we proved that we had land um, and we lived in Rosewood, um, you could go to the school for free in the state of Florida to a, to a university or a college. Um, and they would just pay the tuition. Um, that occurred in 1994, um, which I was in the first inaugural class of receiving um, that Rosewood Scholarship. And I have two college students, um, my children that are in college right now, that are receiving it. Mm. Um, so it has been around since 1994. Um, over 250 um, direct descendants I know of have received that scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has been quite beneficial. And what we're finding out now is um, we're also supposed to have a, a curriculum, a Rosewood curriculum that is supposed to be taught in the Pasco County Schools. Ah, so, okay. Uh, that's what we're trying to kind of figure out right now. There are two things now that I want to ask about. And first of all, I wish I could get a hold of that film. Uh, I've tried to find it someplace, but I haven't been able to. Do you have any idea where it might be located? What, Rosewood? Yeah. Uh, you should be able to order that right off of Amazon. It's just by John Singleton. Oh, can you? Uh, my, okay. My sister was actually in that movie. All right. I will take a take a, a, um, a look at that. And the other thing I want to mention to you is Rosewood's Ashes by Eileen Shoemaker. She lives in Gainesville. And uh, although she was a civil engineer, she began to write. And I think it was the first or second book that she did was called Rosewood's Ashes. As I said, I just picked it up again after 20 years and started reading. So I was about in about 50 pages when you phoned. I just wanted to mention that what happens in the story is that there's a, a third of the story is about a woman by the name of Lily, 
who is a survivor and uh, was very young uh, at the time of the Rosewood Massacre. And consequently, she's going to be, I'm sure, a major part of the story because she will be talking about what happened. And that's why uh, the title was Rosewood's Ashes. So uh, I get, you can get the book through bookfinder.com, probably at a fairly decent price these days. But it okay. would be something that probably would be good to... I'll pull that book up. Yeah, it's her name is Eileen Shoemaker, S-C-H-U-M-A-C-H-E-R, and okay. uh, it's called Rosewood's Ashes. And it looks like uh, I've heard the name of that title yeah. before. And I think it's like you know, I think would say the film and that book are just another couple of things to put into the whole story of of right. Rosewood. Okay. Um. Uh, by the way, just to let you know, about four or five minutes ago, I think I would accidentally shut it off for about 30 or 40 seconds so when you hear this there might be a little bit of a problem there but if i can i'll go back and try to fix it but I, it's not going to be a major problem i don't think because uh, okay. it's the major story that we're getting right here right now um let's see now let's take just a few more minutes and talking about how you personally uh, view that now you know as a survivor this you personally ebony what has it meant in your life um, just knowing that I was a direct descendant of Rosewood um, at a very young age has always um, given me a sense of pride. It's given me a sense of resiliency. Um, I have always respected my elders, um, but being a part of this family helps me to respect them even more because I know what they had to endure and what they went through and how they were still able to just, you know, survive and thrive and um you know, just being resilient, like I said. Mm -hmm. um, and they were always full of love. Um, they were never hateful. They were never resentful. Um, you know, and I, I really think that's one of the reasons why our family has been so fortunate. Um, you know, a lot of people looking at look at it as a, a disfortunate or, un, you know, unfortunate situation. But honestly, so many great things, you know, has come out of this situation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's brought us to a, um, a place of um, commonality, um, you know, because a lot of times in life, you know, you can't understand or, or, or when you go to your own corner, we're just kind of tribal and we'll just kind of stand on, you know, different sides. But when you know someone and you've grown up with them and they tell you, you know, this is my story and, you know, it's they're able to see you from, you know, a different, a humanistic you know, right. Right. and they're able to really understand that, you know, these tragedies don't just happen to bad black people, you know, or bad people. Mm -hmm. They happen to really great people, great people in the community and done so many things, you know, as, you know, the Christian family and, you know, holding up the blessing. Wow. You know, but uh -huh. this happened to them. But yet and still, they're still just, you know, shining their light so brightly, still mm -hmm. loving, still being, you know, that pillar in the community. So, you know, I, I feel honored you know, to be a direct descendant of all of that, you know, and it lets me know that, you know, I don't want their work to be in vain. I don't want their debts to be in vain. Right. So that's why I try to keep the legacy alive by all the things that I'm doing, no. um, whether it's directing the Rosewood um, family choir. And we've been going over the state of Florida now singing. We don't just go to sing to just, you know, entertain people. We want that stage that we can also enlighten them. 
you right. know, enlighten them after we sing and clap together, you know, because music is universal. You feel good. Mm-hmm. So now you got all these great endorphins. So now let me just educate you on this history right. because we don't want it to be repeated again. Right. So, you know, so whether it's with a childhood exhibit, you know, you can actually go in and you can see it and you can read it for yourself. It's, it's not what somebody is telling you, you know, so... I love these, you know, I love what we have been able to create um, throughout, you know, this unfortunate, um, it's an atrocious, I mean, atrocious um, event that occurred to my family. I, I would not have wanted that to happen to anyone. Right. But I do know that um, we were chosen for a reason. Right. Well, I thank you for your time. Well, let's hope that um, if not now, then very much close in the near future that we do get the story of Rosewood and other situations uh, taught in our uh, history classes in Florida. Uh, it's, it's, let's not let anything happen to that story because it has to be told and understood. Thank you, Ebony, for your time, um, and um, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much for the interest in the story. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.